Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. There are many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. As your XO, I can't let you do this. I won't! <laughs> I appreciate that, but we're going to do it anyway. No. <laughs> and, uh, you know, curled up in bed with a good book, and, uh, you know, possibly dying for real this time we don't know for sure is the president of the 12 colonies the podcast and all of our hearts andrea y'all ever watch battlestar galactica on <laughs> weed uh, almost every week <laughs> <laughs> is that half-baked and not a reference that's gonna hit everybody the same way it no okay that's fine i'm like baked in this episode it's super fun you do. You you are. You are. And uh, y'all wonder why I need the transcript for the uh, <laughs> the episodes because I don't remember watching. <laughs> I don't either, even though I'm stone cold sober. <laughs> Got to get fucked up on this hot tea, though. I'll tell you what. Woo! I am stoned cold and sober. What? <laughs> Hold on. What? Hold what on. are you talking? About? <laughs> Hang on. Listen. No. Listen. No. Please. They're not going to start now. It's yeah. <laughs> happened in the last year of podcasting. Listeners, listen. Do do as you do, not as I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll explain why, but I don't want to do this episode. I don't want to do this episode because more so than knowing the finale is coming, uh. this episode feels like the show is is wrapping up. Mm-hmm. This feels like... They're trying to to tie some nice little nice little bows and uh, dust out the corners and, uh, and 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 empty the dustbins and uh, mop up and lock the door and go home with all the lights off. It's so crazy. Like, I feel I feel like we're we're gonna see a scene at the end of the the finale of just the chief standing in the middle of the no. the hangar deck all alone with a broom and just looking around and one quick whistle and then. He the camera flicks pans a light out. switch. <laughs> and you just hear the <laughs> of his footsteps walking away. <laughs> That's what this episode feels it like. It really yeah. does. I 
was trying to, because this is huge for me. Like, this is the last time that I will come to our listeners with any lingering questions about what might happen with this show. Well, I mean, any questions that could be answered by watching another episode. Okay, there you go. Um, You will certainly have questions at the end. Any questions that the show intends to answer for you. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I've I've watched enough of this show to not expect a, a neat and tidy ending. I also watched enough lost um and just thinking i don't know if i've ever mentioned that show before um sorry what's it called lost oh and never heard of it uh, tell us about no it. that's that's different that's that's one of our shows oh lost what was not a night shift radio production um but going into that finale was like I could pull up. I have my Tumblr post from back then of like the episode. Like the we should like, share that on Twitter. Yeah, oh, I, we I should. Will, yes, I will, I will happily do that because um, it was a big deal. And I don't think there's been a show since then that I've been this invested in. And so this is the closest. It's just. So what you're saying is Battlestar Galactica is as good as Lost. Mm-hmm. Wow. That feels. Are there people who would disagree? I, I mean, I'm sure there are people, but. <laughs> Sure, there are people that are disagree, but uh, I'm not one of them. Yeah, I think they'd be wrong. They're both very good shows. This is a very good show, isn't mm-hmm. it? I don't want it to end. This being ready. Battlestar Galactica, not Second Edition no, One. Of this is not. this is a bad show. Nobody this, nobody thought this, that's what Caleb meant. Listen, this is the best podcast in the fleet. Oh, wow. oh, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> How many podcasts we got in the fleet? Just this one. Just this. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've got a bunch of podcasts, but none of them are in the fleet. In the yeah. fleet, exactly. Uh, um, so I was talking with uh, our friend Casey, Casey Ryan, host of both the Superpod Hero Cast and Where No Mom Has Gone Before, mm-hmm. uh, about uh, our last episode. And we were, we were, I don't know if the commiserating is quite the right term, although probably not too far away. But we, we were both discussing how neither one of us remembered the kidnap scene from the last episode when, okay. when, when uh, Boomer takes Hera and Fox off. Now that one of us remembered that happening first go around. I'm not surprised because when we were rewatching the episode tonight, and I have never done this in how many episodes have we done now? Uh, most of them. But, <laughs> but in, in dozens of episodes, not quite hundreds, right, but close to... I have never said, you can fast forward through this part if you want. And I I did that through the, I suggested it. We didn't end up doing that. But I suggested that we do that through the the Hera and Eight scene. It just feels. Boomer. Boomer. Um, Boomer. Eight's right. They're all eight. Yeah, but she's Boomer. She's special. Boomer is kidnap a child. Boomer is kidnap a child. <laughs> I just tried to do a thing to avoid using the wrong name, and then I still got corrected for it. Kitsy is frustrated, and Andrea. Yeah. Anyway, point being, I don't remember what my point was now, but this it just doesn't feel as impactful as I think the show wants it to be. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, and so, okay, let's let's get into that because this again we're we're uh, we're in a pattern here where all of these episodes are giving us. A bunch of little nuggets of story, mm-hmm. uh, but like not a lot of big action and lot, not a lot of movement of the plot. So we'll kind of chase down these these disparate plot lines and, and see where they lead us this episode. So 
in the last episode, the the scene that uh, both Casey and I failed to remember the you know, in the most recent watch through, uh, we know that Boomer kidnaps Hera and fucks right off the ship, <laughs> and Chief unwittingly helps her, uh, and of course seems to feel pretty bad about that when uh, when he realizes. Uh, but we were talking last week about how Hera doesn't seem to like doesn't seem to react, doesn't seem to not realize that Boomer is not her mother. Uh, whereas in this episode, when they're stuck on a, a raptor together for, you know, a couple dozen jumps, however long, uh, it is very clear that Hera knows exactly uh, who this person is and that she's not her mother, uh, which makes me wonder if it was just a combination of surprise of like, oh, hey, it's my friend, and then the magic juice that put her right to sleep that kept her from saying anything right away. I'll say that as, as a former child... <laughs> Quit <that. laughs> I was a child once. I was just, yeah, it's I don't think I ever was. I feel like I was hmm. born at 35 years old. I believe that. I mean Caleb Thank definitely you. was. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my baby photos. Yeah. I was definitely I was definitely born an old man. Yeah, beard and gray hair and all. It was, it was wild. That's, that's the oldest looking baby I've ever seen. Uh, I you know, as as a former child, uh I can tell you that any person could have walked into my school and picked me up to take me away from the school. And I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> Trying to get out of here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I believe it. So, of course, uh, Boomer, as we know from a, a previous episode, has absolutely no skills with children whatsoever. Mm-mm. Doesn't even realize the children have to poop. <laughs> uh, much less, like, what they eat how and when they sleep and like what their social skills or complete and utter lack thereof might be. And so when the kid is crying, she's just yelling at her and like, we're not going to put up with your whining through another dozen jumps. And the kid's such an asshole. (laughs) It's like unintelligible, but Mm -hmm. the like props to the the captioning team for, for this episode, because uh, I could, I could actually make out what Hera was saying when the the captions were Mm -hmm. on the screen. Uh, So good on them for that. Um, But yeah, Hera is just screaming and unconsolable. She wants her mom. She wants to go home. And, Boomer's grand idea is to break up a like a protein bar and shove it in Harris' face. Like, come on, eat this, kid. Eat it. I know you're hungry. Like, fucking chill out, Boomer. Yeah, leave it. Just leave that kid alone. Hey, Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Leave that kid alone. Thank you. (laughs) We don't need no Cylon spaceship. Very good. <laughs> we don't need no <laughs> resurrection. <laughs> I made it hey, a kind of heavy song, didn't I? Baltar, it's the final five. <laughs> I don't want to do this episode. <laughs> I don't want to think about it being over. So uh, we we got to see a glimpse of boomer's projection of uh, her her home with the chief uh last time and she in an attempt to console Hera, she starts to talk about you know there's this place that i go to whenever i'm feeling sad and you know it was with a with a man that i loved very much and she starts to to visualize the the projection what if what if she says that and then you know, starts the projection, and then it's just like some rando dude we've never seen before. Oh, that would have been great. Right? I thought you were going to say, what if it was Cavill? 
<laughs> we don't like that. Um, so she she enters this projection, and then we realize as like Hera holds up her arm, and she now has a, a cupcake in her hand instead mm. of the, the protein bar, and, and it clicks with Boomer. She's like, "Shit, you can see this, can't you?" And Hera just holds up the cupcake. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you can eat that. It's it's fine. <laughs> See, I was, okay, so it makes, I didn't catch that it had changed. Yeah, I didn't either. Substance. And I was really confused about, although that still doesn't, that actually doesn't explain my confusion away. Because Boomer says, oh, you can project too. But mm-hmm. as far as we know, you don't need to be able, in fact, I asked this question last week. Yep. As far as we know. You don't need to be able to project to be able to perceive projection. And yeah. so the change of the bar to a cupcake. That was probably Hera projecting. Right. Yes, yeah. it was. And that's why. That's why she Boomer said was surprised it's... by it. So that's okay. I like that so Mystery much better. Salt. Yeah. We can yeah. all go home. Yeah. Hera is participating in the illusion. Now and, that makes uh, more that... sense. Wait, 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 wait. Hera is project a cupcake. Oh. (laughs) I wish Hera would project a cupcake. In my mouth. In my mouth. Mm, Cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to pause and and ask something here. So we talked about it felt like when Boomer helped Ellen escape and went back to the Galactica. And then when she... Boomer is escaping Ellen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When she met up with the chief... Uh, and all of these things, like it felt like maybe Boomer's really changed. Maybe Boomer's being set up for a redemption arc, uh, as much as you know, it, it would seem odd for even you know the uh, patient and forgiving admiral uh, to forgive her. Uh, it it kind of seemed like she was being set up for that. But then, of course, this escape and the, the kidnap and beating the shit out of uh, Athena, like all of these things, like okay, maybe not. But. Her returning to this projection in a time when the chief isn't there to be manipulated and with Hera, who would have no idea what any of this meant anyway. So, that, like, there's it not like it, this specific scenario isn't necessary to manipulate Hera. You could have done any right. like, child friendly environment. Of course, Boomer doesn't know anything about kids, but that doesn't matter. All of that to say. Previously. Previously. Did you do action stations? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, we are at action stations. Okay. Uh, no, uh, all of that to say, it does feel like Boomer is still conflicted. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. You know, we saw during you know the the early episodes where it felt like you know where, where we knew Boomer was a Cylon, uh, but she like as far as we the audience uh, were were concerned, she didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, in the first watch through. And we saw later in the plan, there were times when she did and times when she didn't because of her programming. And we saw a lot of that conflict really play out for her there. And even the times where we've seen her with Cavill, it still feels very much like she's being manipulated or even like controlled in some way. And in the context now of having seen the, the those sequences in the plan uh, of him actively manipulating her, now thinking back of all the times that we just see her and he refers to her as his pet aide and all of these things, like it really does feel like Boomer wants to, if not quote unquote, be a good guy. She she doesn't want to be part of 
Cavill's plan entirely, and she she wants to try to do what what she thinks is right, but she just keeps getting sucked back into this grand scheme mm-hmm. of Cavill's failed plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if if that makes any sense to you. If that if that is the the sense that you're getting as well. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think. I think it's maybe even more of a conflict for her because I think there it's not even just that she wishes she didn't have to or wishes that she like I don't know that it's a hundred percent that it's like a matter of if it were up to Boomer she definitely would be on the side of quote unquote right but it's Cavill's got such a tight hold I think it's probably even more tangled up for her is the impression mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm getting that she really is struggling with it just like both internally and from this like external pressure from from Cavill and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, though I do think the writers are smart on the show because whatever Boomer ends up doing, I don't think will be a surprise to me <laughs> one way or the other. So they've really left her in a spot to like see what we need Boomer to do for this finale. And it will, my guess is it will feel earned no matter what. You see, like... There's going to be an epic battle and the Raptor's going to jump in and Boomer's going to like kick open the door with a, you know, a flight suit on helmet and just like gun blazing out the side of the, the Raptor door. I would love even though that. The, even though the Raptor probably has guns, this would just be a much more badass scene to just <laughs> yeah. see her shooting. So out. much cooler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Full on like fucking Linda Hamilton style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would love that. Or she could be the one that like somebody on the fleet side has to kill for real to get to the, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And that would also be like, well, I mean, Boomer, you know, she struggled and she had her choice, but in the end she, yeah, you know, stayed with Cavill and this is what happened. So like either one of those I think would be believable at this point. Or like, she'll be the one to kill Cavill, but it'll be like the last thing, she, the last heroic <laughs> act right, of her life yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, really anything at this point yeah. I, I would buy with her, I think. Yeah, and that's I I think that that does lend both to the complexity of the the eight model in general, and again, like we we've said it before. I mean, we we highlight mostly with Trisha Helfer, but like Grace Park has her like her range on this character is yeah, really good. She's great, and she's uh, a very good crier too. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. it seems like a lot of the actors on the show are. But she's like really that scene early on in this episode when Hilo tries to confront her and she breaks down is it's just a very good cry. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know from good cries over here. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, on the Galactica, there's so the, the the sound designers on this show do some really brilliant stuff. I mean, we we've talked a lot about uh, how about brilliant Bear McCreary is uh, with the the music. But like, I don't think it can be understated how good the the overall sound design is, and the ambience created by just the perpetual just groaning <laughs> sounds of the metal creaking and bending and grinding as people are walking through the hall, and like, what a sense of like dread and like almost like the the walls starting to close in, sort of feeling you get from that. And like seeing the scenes where like you know, in in one moment you look behind a character and you see like a big crack in one of the steel beams, and then later on in another scene that just like splits apart. Yep. Oh, it's it's gut wrenching. Good, yeah. To see to see the old girl starting to come apart at the scenes. Uh, she'll come through for us again. Speaking of which, 
Are you uh, are you referring to the the maintenance crews? Yeah, I am. Ah, yeah. Are, are we gonna? Is that? Can we do that now? Let's do that now. Yeah. So there's there's a bit where a six gets in an argument with uh, one of Galactica's crew about just you know what are you complaining about? It's not our fault. This shit's not sticking to your shit mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean your your shit makes the place smell like a latrine. Yeah. <laughs> Which. I mean that's a, a fair complaint. Like you don't want the entire ship sounding like smelling like a shit house, but Mm-mm. yeah. But I mean, you also don't want to die in space. Yeah, you don't want to die in space. Um, so I think we're all technically going to die in in space. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but we have a decompression event, and uh, stuff's getting sucked out the hole in the ship, as we know does not actually happen. Mm-hmm. That's true. We've we've done real science on the mm-hmm. show. We we have not done real, the real science. Other scientists have done the real science, and we've just repeated it. I like we other, have featured real science on this show. Other Very scientists. Science. That's right. That's a good point. That's other right. scientists.com. Uh, no, wait. That's not what we said. <laughs> I got confused. I wanna, the, the point is, uh, uh, six is trying to get everyone out of the the area and through the hatch, and isn't going to make it through, and, and yells them to lock the hatch. And sacrifices herself to save everyone else, and then gets sucked out the hole in the ship into space. Which is it? It feels like it. It, it was an avoidable tragedy, and I've, I mean, I'll, I'll say the obvious. Like, of course, the writers fucking wrote it that way, so it was going to happen. But mm-hmm. like, it feels like it, it didn't need to happen. But also underscores the the idea that like. The Cylons at this point, the 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 models that have allied themselves with the colonial fleet really are putting themselves on the line just as much as the the colonials they are bending over backwards to prove themselves to you know to be you know contributing members and to to fit in and you know we see this juxtaposition of the, the humans being like you know we don't want you here like you you know you're ruining everything and then she sacrifices herself for them and it's like you didn't need to do that nope. but you did yep and again then, you know, our, our former enemies are now, like, actively saving our lives sort of situation. And I just, I love that the this show will never, with the exception of Cavill, who is legitimately evil, uh, the show will never have a, like, the defined good and evil. And, like, the, there's always going to be that nuance, and I love that. But there's some other... Uh, other consequences of uh, of Boomer's actions. We have uh, a now a, a bit of a rift between Hilo and Athena. Uh, Athena is inconsolable, uh, understandably so, at the the loss of her child. And at like, listen, again, we we don't fault Hilo. Um, like, literally, the only reason Athena's there is because he couldn't tell them apart mm. before. Good point. Uh, when they first met, so fair, really fair. good point. She she went into this knowing that he couldn't tell them mm-hmm. apart, and it would be on her if she expected anything else. But at the same time, I'm sure she's also a bit hurt that she had to watch absolutely uh, watch Boomer fuck her husband and then take her child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, insult to injury, you know. But she doesn't say. I mean, I know that Hilo thinks, and and my guess is that most people watching that scene might think that it go it's going unsaid, but that she does. Yeah. But, you know, hate him. But I think I just still get the impression that she is most distraught just over the outcome, no matter the cause. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, Absolutely. her her kid is gone. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. 
Her husband well, fucked her sister. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we saw how she reacted when she like was in the, the, the throes of that like opera house vision and just thought that one of the sixes might be there to take. That's right. Mm -hmm. She Mm -hmm. fucking executed the six right there on the spot. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that she's actually mad at Hilo, but I I think Hilo a hundred percent is mad at himself and Mm -hmm. assumes that she's mad at him for that. Right. Uh, And so he, he tries to, uh, he tries to convince the, the Admiral to, to let him take a Raptor uh, and, Go, go look, you know, and not that, not that I don't think anyone believes that he's actually going to succeed no. or be productive at all, but like, he just like, he just needs to get need, the hell away from Athena for a minute. He needs to be doing something. <laughs> exactly. That. that need to do something. Mm-hmm. I, I totally feel that. The, the Admiral is just not having it. He's like, look, you know, we, we already, we, we sent a recon mission. We sent a heavy raider, which, you know, we, again, the, the audience know from a, a previous scene. Uh, but they sent a heavy raider to try to find the colony, which was the Cylon homeworld, where they they fucked off to once the the five showed up and convinced them to end the war in and end their experiments with hybridization in favor of the uh, the humanoid models and resurrection technology and so on and so forth. Uh, and it's in this that we learn that the colony, the Cylon homeworld, isn't actually a planet, but much like their you know, there's resurrection hubs, the resurrection ships and the base ships and everything. It's, it's, it's all mobile with them. They just live in space, which is pretty impressive when you think about mm-hmm. it. I mean, of course, we all technically live in space if you really think about it, but they're a little bit more in touch with the lack of elements. Yeah. We don't really get to pilot Earth where we'd like it Yet. to go. Yet. Spaceship Earth. Wait, no, no the, uh, the Wandering Earth. <laughs> Great movie. Oof. Terrible movie. Terrible but, movie. But great, terrible. Great and terrible. Wizard of Oz. Terra great. There's a, a scene where a man shoots a uh, Gatling gun at oh, Jupiter. You got confused. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Fuck, <laughs> Ju- that. fuck that gas giant. Yeah. Yes. I mean, seriously, fuck Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> What's Jupiter ever done for me? That's right. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> like you're gonna, I mean, I guess we could talk about how the, the solar system as we know it wouldn't exist without it, but that's... That's, that's, neither, the that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's really not my <laughs> problem, you know. Yeah, it I, didn't, might be I didn't ask for the solar system to exist. Good yeah, point. I didn't. I didn't ask for planets to form. I, I didn't pay for these planets, mm-hmm. and I want a refund. But yeah, so the, the colony is, is a is a mobile operation, and uh, the recon mission has learned that Cavill. Uh, Right around, actually, right before the the Civil War, so he like he was planning a couple steps ahead. Like it took him four years, but Cavill actually learned how to plan, <laughs> and uh, he he took the whole colony and fucked off somewhere else, which is uh, pretty impressive when you think about it. Just like move their entire homeworld, uh, and so the the best hope that the the Colonials had of trying to you know, find and, and rescue Hera is presumably gone, and so. While Adama has a point, the way he delivers this news is uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically callous from Adama. And, no, uh, uh, James Callous is uh, Gaius Baltar. <laughs> that's, that's why it's uncharacteristic. <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, Gaius Baltar? Oh, my God. Uh, we'll get to that. I can't wait. That is probably the best moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. 
the moment when I thought um, Jamie Bamber's neck was going to explode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hilo is is just he's devastated. He, he doesn't know what to do, and the admiral is not uh, supporting his his decision, his request. And he's just like, but uh, like you could tell, he really thought that was going to work. <laughs> he like he thought he was going to pull a, a fairly classic Battlestar Cavalier, like we're going to take a raptor, we're going to go rescue him, and the admiral was going to be like, do it, go bring her home, <laughs> and like wait, wait, he he's, he's going to be like, he's like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, and when that doesn't happen, Hilo is just like, uh, uh I don't know what to do that's next. That's all I got. <laughs> but the the Admiral doesn't have time for this shit because he's on the way to the funeral uh, of those who died, presumably, in the uh, the most recent decompression event. Um, which, I honestly, I think is one of the most interestingly shot scenes you know, of the whole series. I do think it's weird that everyone gave their speech at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'd think they would just have one person go, and then yeah. the next, and the next. I guess they were short on time. They just I, everyone go at the same time. It was weird, right? I kind of love how they did this, mm-hmm. where, like, you know, the Admiral starts giving his speech for the for the dead, uh, but then they get superimposed with um, Gaius Baltar speaking, you know, to the, the, to the assembled in his very Baltari language. Uh, and then, of course, the the Cylons having their memoriam for their their dead, and um, is it also President Rosalind that speaks? No, because she's still in the hospital place. Who is the fourth? Because aren't, aren't there four speakers in this? Oh, Ellen speaks. Ellen, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the the scene keeps the visuals keep cutting back and forth between these four groups of, uh, of speakers. Uh, and then their speeches overlap in a way that like they don't, it's not that they necessarily line up and they're like completing each other's phrases or whatnot, but they're very complimentary in the way that they do this. And I just thought it was a really brilliant way to compress this entire lengthy ceremony with several speakers and several different themes and whatnot into a single uh, event for us. Uh, I really thought that was that was impressive. It also, you know, I've been it's something I've been kind of like uh, watching for since pretty early on in the series. And it seems like they are ramping up this thing of like, it can't be us and them always like what what do we like? What is us? What is them? Right. How, Mm -hmm. How are we drawing these lines and what good is it doing us? And so to see this kind of overlap between our like expressly religious Gaius and, and, um, you know, this like militaristic, really like human centered, you know, uh, what's his name? I like him a lot. Adama. Adama. Um, and the other one all kind of giving their own and the other one. thing, just kind of like in these overlapping ways to like, yeah, to sort of draw that out in a really, um, oh my God, I have such brain fog right now, in a really just like clear visual way for us, I think is really clever. So the... I just, I'm, I'm reading, so, um, God, I wish I had discovered this site sooner, the <laughs> BattlestarWiki.org. I guess we could just start uh, the series over from yeah, the beginning. We should. We, we totally should. So, yep. so we'll skip the finale. Shut up. And then we'll go Sorry. back to the beginning. I don't like when people say <laughs> shut up, but. 
Uh, so at the funeral, the Cylons display the infinity symbol of their monotheistic religion, which uh, was passed down from their centurion forebears and human monotheist evangelist mm. uh, Clarice Willow, who was a character in Caprica that obviously we don't know about from this show. But Spoilers. Uh, but, well, I mean, it's not really spoilers. Okay. When did Caprica air? Was it uh, after? It was 2009, I think. It was after this show ended. Okay. By like a couple of years, but not by a lot. Gotcha. Uh, meanwhile, Ellen leads the Cylons in performing the prayer to the cloud of unknowing at the service, uh, which <laughs> is... Uh, the cloud. Apparently, yeah, the, the cloud of unknowing. It's, it's, when, it's when the internet isn't accessible. Yeah, exactly. We've all been uh, there. And like... That joke is funny when you realize that it's uh, it's performed by humanoid silence when they believe that downloading is impossible and final death is near, oh. which I believe we we encountered one other time before where like somebody started praying. Yeah, now that you say like, that, it's yeah, that it sounds sound familiar. Yeah, um, Leo. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was Le- during the sickness. At Leo Donald learns of this prayer That's from right. Sharon Agathon and witnesses the events. Uh, uh, the witness the event in uh, a measure of salvation. Uh, when the number six model Natalie is brought to sick bay after sick bay after being shot, which was when Athena killed her, mm-hmm. uh, and knowing that she might die, she starts reciting this prayer. That's uh, sine qua non. Uh, was that episode? Huh. Uh, so interesting. Uh, for those that we have lost in the past, and for those that we are bearing today, we must remember there is a higher purpose. Heavenly Father, grant us the strength, the wisdom, and above all, a measure of acceptance, however small. That's nice. Yeah. And the cool. wisdom to know the exactly, difference. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Please grab me the uh, something, something for resurrection and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, speaking of, of Baltar, so Baltar has really kind of come into his own as now this this new spiritual cult leader. leader. Mm-hmm. Um, cult leader. Cult leader. I mean, it, he's definitely a cult leader. But in a lot of ways, it feels like he's starting to actually believe mm-hmm. what he says. And it feels like he's starting to actually, maybe actually want to do good. Not that it makes up for his vast uh, selfishness and, and horrible acts in the past. Right. But or that he's even capable of doing what he wishes yeah. he could do. Like, we'll see. But I do think there's a turn happening here. Yeah. Or say, and, maybe not a full turn, but, you know, there's some yeah. something is shifting, I think. Um. But we see him at one point early in the episode giving a, uh, a sermon to the, the fleet over the wireless and talking about angels being among us and how, like, he knows because he sees them. And, of course, we see the six behind him. And there's a, a moment where he runs into Caprica Six mm. in real life and you see the, like, the pangs of regret on his face. Uh, like, you know, he, he, I, I think that he still has feelings for her. Oh, my God, yeah. And he is... I think he's really genuine in this scene. I don't yeah. I don't get the impression that he's trying to like convince her of anything beyond like what he's actually feeling in that moment. And kudos to him for not being sleazy for mm-hmm. once. And like just being genuine like Even though I'm, she kind of you know, thinks he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't blame her for She has every right and reason to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but, he's Yeah, this really seems to hit him. Yeah, and, you know, and he, he he approaches her like I heard about your loss. I'm Ugh. so sorry and you know the, there's anything that we can do. And she's like, look, basically, like, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. You haven't changed. I have. Fuck out of here. It's, and this is the like, first time we've seen the two of them face to face since, I mean, how long ago? A while, at least. Yeah, at least a while ago. <laughs> at least a while. 
Um, I basically, I think like maybe briefly after she comes back to, to Galactica, but and maybe right, like I'm not even sure. There's so many sixes, I can't remember. I honestly can't remember if if they have. So like, yeah, I don't know. It's and, just crazy. Uh, we'll return to the uh, the events immediately after the the funeral in a in a bit here. Uh, but I also think it's important to note that the admiral gets the final word mm-hmm. in the the funeral service with his just trademark classic. So say we all <laughs> until until he's sure that everyone believes mm-hmm. it. When they I say can't it hear you, <laughs> Galactica. Get your fracking hands up, Galactica! <laughs> I want to see you tear this ship apart. <laughs> My new favorite band. <laughs> Kara Thraysner's Special Destiny. That's right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So that's a, like one of my favorite uh, Adama lines. And I, I don't have the, the actual script in front of me, so I, I can't quote it oh. uh, specifically. But uh, early on, there's a scene where uh, Starbuck is trying to, to convince them to go on a rescue mission. And she starts talking, you know, like, that girl, like she knew the the notes to a song, a song that my father played when I was little, and you know, a song that you know, something something, and you know, ties like the song that switched us on back of the nebula, <laughs> back of the nebula, <laughs> and like all, how all it's connected, and like you know, she's part of something bigger here, and I love when a time was like. So you're saying it's our destiny to find her. And Kara is basically like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, Kara's finally started to accept like, it's gotta be destiny. Leoben's been telling me for like three seasons now that it's destiny. <laughs> uh, it's gotta be destiny. And I love when Adama says, had it with destiny. <laughs> it's very good. With, with prophecies and superstitions. And he's just like, fuck it. Like I'm done. We're not doing this anymore. We have, we have like, we're here. We've lost more, like almost half of our people. Our ship is falling apart. We are at our, uh, like our at our wits end here. We are just, we are a fracking mess. And like, no, we're not chasing destiny anymore. And you know, the, the unspoken part of, you know, we know that is the, 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 Love of his life that he, he he met so late towards the end is lying dying in in sick bay, and he's spent the last however long wandering up and down the aisles of the the, the corridors of the ship, uh, part in you know terror that it's just going to come apart around him, and part in a even more reasonable and realistic fear that, uh, as he says, he might catch a bullet. Um, because it's now been at least two times mm-hmm. that someone has tried to kill him. Uh, <laughs> it's probably been more than two, I think. At least two times that someone has like one-on-one actively trying to kill him. Okay, but yeah, I, I, I think it's significantly more overall. Um, yeah, he's fed up. He's fed up and he's, he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. He's not going to take uh, it. Dreda's looking over there. That's fine. You sure? Everything's everything's good. I hate to ask because I know all it does is make them want to not. You know what I, I mean? Know. But it's also been 40 minutes, right? We have multiple Dreda's contacts. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and jump to a safe location while we play some ads for you. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. 
I don't know if I'm going to play the Storyteller series ad. So if I don't, make sure you check out um, that. There's some good stuff coming up. I got a little sneak peek. You should definitely play the ad, though. We'll see what I do. You should definitely do it. Um, we'll see what you I do. Play, you should play at least one ad. I'll probably play at least one ad. The Storyteller series brings you full cast audio productions of short stories. I'm the host, Megs. And each month, we'll bring you a brand new story performed by talented voice actors, interviews with great authors, and exclusive print edition stories. Listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Storyteller or at nightshiftradio.com. The Storyteller Series. Old Time Radio. Rebooted. Remember that time I forgot to put ads in the episode uh-huh. we've got an episode of um storyteller series coming up that is going to be really freaking good that i'm excited about uh caleb you've got a little piece in it and i think this week will be the second week where we um are running the ad for the podcast that caleb is going to follow up setcon with and i'm so excited set for condition it. two <laughs> set condition, set condition two. one fan cast <laughs> yes <laughs> I've been I've been planning for this for for months now, and I'm so excited to finally uh, finally release my show where we go through every episode of Second Condition One with someone who's never listened to the show before. <laughs> That's perfect. I kind of that is a great premise, and I love very it. Very good. But why don't you tell us about your your other show that's maybe not as good as that one, but that uh, nothing will also- ever be as good as that one. But <laughs> listeners. I am super, super excited to to uh, introduce a, a, a new uh, new Night Shift Radio original that we're launching on January first, twenty twenty two. That's soon. That's very soon, mm-hmm. uh, listeners. As you know, we are all very sad that the the uh, the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> series is coming to an end. Well, the second edition one will be coming to an end, uh, and you know we needed something to fill that hole and that octagonal. <laughs> that octagonal heart. shaped hole in our in our in our hearts, uh, in, in our Cylon hearts, <laughs> um, and me. I love scary stories. I love spooky stories. I love all things related to the the paranormal. Uh, but I'm not entirely sure that I believe in the paranormal. I just know that like weird things happen, and people have amazing stories, and I love to hear them. And I've got some of my own that I love to share. Uh, so we're putting together a show called Possibly Normal. And once we tell bite-sized, short stories, true stories of events that may or may not have been paranormal, we don't try to explain them at all. We don't try to tell you what happened. We just hope to maybe give you a little fright. So Spooky. Spooky. Keep an eye out starting January Keep 1st. An and an ear as well, uh, every other Saturday for new episodes of Possibly Normal. And if you, listeners, have a spooky true story that you want to hear uh, us read on the, on the show, uh, that you want to participate, you can email us at possiblynormal at nightshiftradio.com. And uh, well, we'll get that story on the show. I'm so excited. I hope people do really take advantage of that. That's, that's, I'm very excited to nah. see what well, you get to kind of crowdsource there. I've got two so far, and let me tell you, they are they are good. Uh, longtime friend of Night Shift Radio, specifically of the the Superpod Hero Cast, Chuck uh, submitted a really incredible story from Yay. from his youth. Uh, that uh, as I was as I was recording it, because uh, 
some episodes that with guest stories are going to be recorded in their own voices. Some I will script and, and record myself. As I was recording this, it was creeping me the fuck out. That's so, uh, that's so good. In fact, I, I got the, the first five episodes staged and ready the other day on, on Sunday, and I had, to, I had to quit after about two hours of work because I was just too freaked <laughs> out to, to continue. I love this. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of the paranormal... We still don't know what Kara Thrace is. Very good. Kara Thrace. She's a dead chick. More importantly, still doesn't know what Kara Thrace Kara is. Kara Thrace hears Gaius talking about angels and decides... To take a poop. To take a poop. <laughs> With the door open. <laughs> Latch was busted. <laughs> and she's like, do you, really believe all that? <laughs> do you really believe all that nonsense? And he's just like, "I'm excuse me, what? I'm shaving. <laughs> <laughs> He's just standing there straight razor shaving his face while she's shitting and reading an octagonal magazine. She's such an animal. I love her so much. <laughs> she's just like grinning. Well, that's what's broken. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> God, I love her. It's like she dares him. It's such a dares him to have something oh, yeah. to say. Because you know what? There are plenty of stalls in that locker room, and she could have used any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it, mm-hmm. I don't get the impression that it was particularly full at that moment in no. time. My only concern is that we don't see her wash her hands when she Thank leaves. Thank you. That's a <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's and a, we know we know Baltar doesn't like that. No. No, he's, he's definitely called that out in the mm-hmm. past. Not this time, uh, though. Mm-mm. Not this time. Uh, I fully expected that, too. Oh, uh, wait. Just, and and he, she handed him something. That's After true. She, her tags. Oh, that's gross. She, she takes Star off her dog book. tags and, and hands them to and, and tells them the story about how she found those on her charred remains on Earth. And she's like, use your silent detector. Use your science. Figure something out here because I don't know what's up. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is another moment where it doesn't, it doesn't feel like she's, like, making jokes or that she's fucking with him and all. Like, she genuinely, like, I don't oh, yeah. know what I am. She's going through it. Maybe you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does sometimes. He scrapes off the the blood, which apparently comes from necrotic tissue, which uh, which be, means it absolutely came from a dead body. Yeah, like no, it doesn't. No, like tissue can die on a living thing. Like it mm-hmm. happens all it the time. Happens actually, all the time. It genuinely does. Yeah. So and um, well, he no he's one able said to, he was a good scientist. That's a good point. No, well, actually, he I think, said that. I think a lot of yeah. people did say that. Actually, well, <laughs> only those who heard it from him first. She says you used to be a scientist, which is a good burn. That is a good burn. You used to be a scientist. Uh, he's able to uh, definitively one hundred percent proof positive declare that she is uh, not. Not a not a Cylon, but that she was dead. And so this brings us back well, to... Well, he says uh, she's not... We know she's not a Cylon. They've been revealed to us already. That's but true. But we still don't know who told us how many models, like who wrote that note to Adama. We don't know, um, right? We've speculated. No, we got the answer in the plan. I it don't... Was, I think it was one of the sixes. Oh, right, right. But either way, like, there's no, there's, ain't nothing in the rule book says that that is. I mean, and Cavill's so fucking sneaky. He might have made some other Cylons by now. We don't know. Just like hiding in a back closet somewhere in case. It's not like they made, they made, uh, what, seven of them? And then, uh, I had to do the math. They made seven of them and just forgot how to make them. Right. Like, Like, that's that's not how that happened. 
So do you think that they actually would have trained the the uh, other Cylons on how to make more, though, especially given the way that Cavill reacted to the existing ones? Probably, and probably yeah, not. Now, I, don't, I don't think so, but I do think for... But, but I do Baltar think, doesn't know enough to be so sure, I think is where I'm at. Yeah, and I, 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 also, do, I do think Cavill would have tried to figure it out. Yeah, if, if Cavill knew how to make other Cylons, then he wouldn't be so freaked out about Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Right, because he would just well, I'll just make more bodies. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. But again, none of this is information that Baltar has on good enough authority, where he could just say, "We know she's not a Cylon. They've yeah. all been revealed to us already." It almost sets up kind of like a like a, a classic sci-fi like mothership story, which uh, when Fight hears this episode, he'll get angry because he fucking hates mothership stories. You know, like uh, like Independence Day, where they they kill the one big ship and all the rest of them. Uh, fall out of the sky like that kind so of thing. So basically they kill the the, the one Cylon and they all die. Yeah. yeah they they Which, kill you know, they kill the resurrection Sam. hub and like everything falls apart sort mm-hmm. of thing. I don't, I don't know. But he he decides he's going to to take a moment after the funeral to give everyone comfort in knowing that there's life after death. Uh, and in his own very Baltar way, he somehow manages to take this this message of comfort that he's giving and turn it into like outing someone who trusted him with with information and somehow making it uh, like an affirmation of his message. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's our here's our Baltar. Yep. There we there he is. We missed him. He's mm-hmm. back. Uh, and you know, he, he can't like, help himself. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's you know he's like I told you angels were real. And I know, uh, I love it. When, when she asks him in, in the stall, she says, do you really believe, in, like, do you really see angels? And he's like, with alarming regularity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he's like, I, I told you there were angels among us. And, you know, Carathrace is, is proof of, you know, the wonderful, you know, eternal life of, you know, given by God and all this stuff. And <laughs> the Admiral is losing his mind, like, Dr. Baltar, I will send you to the brig. <laughs> Knock it off now! And Kara just walks up and fucking slaps him across mm-hmm. the face, and which he kind of likes. Let's be honest. I mean, I mean, I, I, we, well, was it in the the bathroom scene where he's like, "I'm, I'm sorry," and you are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which we we know you know exactly mm-hmm. who Kara Thrace is. Thank you, yeah, Baltar. Nice try. Yeah, she, if she had called him Lee again, that would have been great. Though. <laughs> Um, and so uh, Adama has his moment. I clear that deck, everyone. And like alien. Everyone go to your rooms. <laughs> everyone go to your rooms. Daddy's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Lee, Lee is uh, trying his damnedest to keep the uh, the new new quorum uh, happy, and it, it turns out they're they're no more rational or reasonable than the the colonial quorum. The the quorum of ships captains, in fact, might even be more aggressive. Uh, as they learn that uh, you know Galactica is on its uh, you know, basically on its deathbed, and they start uh, making demands to to requisition parts, they want to strip her down while, while she's still floating in space. Ugh. And uh, as they the the captains start arguing over who will get what and how they'll divvy it up and what kind of lottery system, Lee just loses it. And I'm like no one is taking a single boat. Mm-hmm. Bolt off of this base battle store until the admiral says it's okay. I love that one of the captains 
for some reason is like, well, why don't we see what Gaius Baltar has to say about that? And this is the scene we referenced earlier where I thought every vein in Jamie Bamber's head was going to explode. Such a good read. Gaius Baltar? (laughs) It's like it's such a good line read. Just imagine the most like, are you fucking kidding me face you've ever seen? And that's what happens. It's so good. (laughs) It's so funny. The look at me is like, are you serious right now? Just never seen anybody more. I I agree with Lee. Who fucking cares what Gaius Baltar has to say about this? Well, and the best part is they don't even like they don't. Like tie that up anywhere. No, they just, they, they, they the just leave that question hanging. Like it, that's literally when it cuts to guys having it's his so sermon. So funny. Yeah. And Sometimes like, the it, show uh, is so funny because no, that I, is good comedy. I don't. I don't want to miss this because I do think it's important. Right before they start arguing about Galactica's uh, resources, um, they're bitching and complaining about how uh, once the Galactica is no more, then the base ship is going to be the only protection that they have. Mm, and yeah. Which is accurate. And someone's like, yeah, we sure are putting a lot of faith in some people or whatever. And it's like, okay, motherfucker, what the, what do you, what do you suggest then? What do you think we should do? That actor, his line read, it's, it's overshadowed like directly after by Lee's delivery of Gaius Baltar, which is so good. But (laughs) that actor's delivery of those lines is so funny to me. He's like, he's got... I can't. I could be wrong, but I can't imagine that's that actor's regular speaking voice. He's putting on like a wall. Gee, it's like so. <laughs> I don't even know what the word is, but but listeners, I really go back and watch him if you <laughs> if you didn't note him because it is. It's he's acting so like a funny. real boomer. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. Uh, but six kind of counters that and is like, you know, we accepted Admiral mm-hmm. Adama's military authority to be part of this fleet, and and Lee, you know, even injects it like. You know, the base star will be augmented by, you know, Galactica's vipers and pilots and crew and and military personnel. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's just like I get that these people aren't necessarily comfortable with that idea, but really, what other choice do you have? Yeah. Other than like, we just won't have protection. We won't have a warship now. Like, what do you like? Do you think they're yeah. just gonna be like, oh, gee, you're right. Galactica's magically fixed. There we go. Problem solved. Mm. And I love how quickly they went from like, well, we can't do that to like, well, I want the FTL drive. Yeah. Like, the FTL. Oh my God. He really Could does. Could he have sound said like that any slower? <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh my God. It's it just, it really underscores for me this point that like they, they found a more representative system for the, the fleet and for, for a civilian government. But they didn't find more rational people, uh, and like they're still completely out of touch with what the actual reality. Like, yes, you you can make the case that Galactica is out of touch with the the day to day realities and issues on the individual ships of the fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's largely because Galactica has had to deal with a much larger picture and can't really focus on mm-hmm. the minutia of daily life for the civilians throughout the fleet. Uh, and the the opposite is true of the the fleet captains who are only thinking about mm-hmm. them, their their own crews and their own uh, passengers and not about the the fleet as a whole. And I mean, there, I feel like there's a real world analogy in there somewhere, but we don't have time to get into it. So speaking of stripping the Galactica for parts. Oh, man. The Admiral gives the word. Yeah. Well, 
before he gives the word, we got to talk about how he comes to the decision. How does he come to the decision, Kitsy? Uh, I'm wondering if maybe this is, we watched an extended cut that maybe you didn't see. Maybe. Did you have the scene where he was painting the wall in his quarters? Yeah. Okay. That's that's why I made the comment about the freshly painted Admiral's quarters at the beginning of the episode. Oh, you did. Yes, you're right. That was a long time it ago. Was so though, long so. ago. Yes. <laughs> I can't remember things that happened an hour ago. Are you crazy? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that, that scene where he goes into his quarters and just starts throwing paint all over the wall. Apparently, he's Very started good. his Impressionist era. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of his work. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but... I will say the the acting in this scene again. Edward James Olmos is he's got paint on his teeth. Yeah, it's yeah, more it's like everywhere. Edward James all the way, not almost. <laughs> you know, he doesn't do anything almost. But I, I I love when Saul comes in to see him. Oh, and and they have their little sit down, and you know that's where the my quote came from. Of course, when when mm-hmm. you know Adama says I've made my decision, Saul's like maps no. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My entire identity is the XO of this ship. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. I feel like Ty is really leaning hard into that, too. I mean, Ellen's been giving him shit about, like, you know, the, the only things he loves are Bill Adama and, and the Galactica. He's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, true. He's, Correct. He's really leaning into, like, some of your people and, like, he even calls them the fracking toasters yeah. in this scene. <laughs> Jesus well, there's that, that scene, too, where the eight is dying in sickbay and mm. yeah. and... Mm-hmm. Coddle's like, she wants to talk to you. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, she's dying. Go be with her. And he's like, okay. And she's like, you know, I just, I wanted to, you know, thank you for the privilege of being able to see my father before I died. And he's like, oh, don't thank me. I spent most of my life trying to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, that, I mean, that is a a touching scene with the the eight and him, like just really not being able to come to terms with his, Silonity. His identity, his mm-hmm. silonity, yeah. yeah. And uh, his role in the events that later unfolded. I mean, he is part of the team that created the silence as we know them now, I, which means that he he helped create this future. Yeah. I think he's still very much in, I don't know if denial is the right word, but like he very much is like, I don't want any part of that. I want to be the XO of Galactica. I want mm-hmm. I want things to stay the way they are. Like he's he's pushing really hard to not, uh, you know, like Tori fucking all the way. She's like, yep, I'm Cylon. It's, yep. That's who I am now. That's this because Tori didn't now. have an established identity yeah. in the show. Exactly. So she had nothing to dismiss. Yeah. But, uh, that scene, but with- even Ellen, Ellen's leaning into it now. Like she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Cylon. I always have been blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. like Ty's just like, I know that but- scene with the two of them. I, it, I'm, I get, I'm being a little nitpicky, I guess, but he says like, Oh, I had a kid. Um, and she's like, no, Saul, you had millions. And I know what she means. And like, technically, yes. But, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. And for some reason, the use of the word millions, like if she said it, it like that, that line isn't supposed to be funny. And it was comical to me because it just yeah. feels like hyperbole, even though it's not like if she yeah. just said, like, you had so many more or like, no, you're responsible for, yeah. you, you know, had like 13. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but really, yeah. like, or, I guess eight, you had eight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, hold on. Um, but uh, yeah, octoplets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's octo mom. Yeah. Well, he's, he's octo dad. Right. Uh, that game rules. So, <laughs> so uh, but anyway, the, the point I want to get to is they're, they're sitting on the couch in, in the commander's quarters and, uh, you know, 
you know, they make some comment about getting older and Saul's like, oh, I'm, you know, over 2,000 years old, 2,000 years and counting or whatever. And then he does this like, and I still have all my original teeth and like <laughs> smiles real big to show them all oh, and just like has like, <laughs> he's so a little giggle. Good. He always knows right when to cut the tension with a with a dumb joke, and I yeah. love that. You need you need that guy in your corner when you're Bill Adama. Yep, like he knows exactly when Adama needs that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I thought that was a really fun little sincere moment between them that I I just want to make sure we touched on. I had no idea that Octodad was actually a real thing. <gasps> oh, it's so good, Dadliest Catch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> Just the the thumbnail from the the trailer is just him at the grocery store. Uh-huh. All right, I'm closing this. Uh, so yeah, I listeners, mean, go play Octodad. It's so good. It it is. It's been done to death. The the number of times I've talked about how I love the dynamic between Saul and Bill. Yeah, but you don't but have like, much more time to do it, so you might as well indulge. Yeah, this scene where the two of them just sit side by side on the couch, just staring straight ahead. Each with a glass of space whiskey in their hands, toasting the, to the you know, the greatest ship in the fleet. And you know, she was the the, the grandest old lady. The Hitekon. Mm-hmm. The Hitekon, <laughs> which we we get another reference to the, the Hitekon by name in this episode. You know, made, made my day. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I th- as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, Kitsy's going to be happy. Um, but yeah, just the scene, like them just sitting straight ahead and both, you see them just kind of slumped in exhaustion and resignation and acceptance and like they they fought it for as long as they could but like they realize now like the galactica is not going to last there's a scene earlier where the chief says like you know we can give you at most five more jumps but after that is a 90 percent chance that like it's just going to collapse and Saul for some reason gets really angry about it being 90 percent and like him not being 100 percent sure but like you kind of figure like margin for error like that. If if he tells you you got five and anything beyond that, there's a ten percent chance of success. Consider it five. You know what? Consider it four. Mm-hmm. So here's mm-hmm. consider four yeah. your upper limit. Because so here's here's one way to look at that. If I had a jar of a hundred jelly beans, and I told you that ninety of those jelly beans would kill you, would you pick up jelly bean out of that jar and eat it? Nope. Exactly. <laughs> sure wouldn't. Exactly. Even if one of those jelly beans turned me into a million bucks, I mean, what? I don't know how the other eighty nine would kill me, but that would kill me. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be rich. You'd be so rich. You'd die rich. I would literally be. I would be riches. I would be wealth in a pile on the floor. <laughs> scoop you right up and go. Go to the, the bank and buy so would, many jelly beans. I would do that for my friends. Aw, that's um, so selfless. But yeah, the, the scene of them sitting on the couch, slumped over, drinking their whiskey, and just kind of staring straight ahead as the camera slowly pulls away, and it starts playing the the high mm-hmm. like the Highlands flute music, and of everything. Course. It's just what a way to end an episode. Except, and, except that's not how it ends. Oh, that's right. It's not. Yeah. So Boomer shows up at the colony mm-hmm. with Hera, mm-hmm. and he gives her over to Cavill. And Cavill says something to the effect of, like, you know, she's like crying, no, Boomer, Boomer, no! I want to go back to Boomer's house! And uh, Cavill says something to the effect of, like, oh, don't worry, you'll have plenty more little playmates soon. <laughs> so, Which is a really weird and kind of ominous thing for him to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think that pretty much cements the fact that he's going to study her to try to make more 
little Cylon babies. Mm-hmm. Um, does make sense. It seems like something he'd do. That does very much and, seem like something he'd do. Uh, and Boomer seems to start having second thoughts. Hmm. Boomer I seems, seems yeah, to yeah. stay having second thoughts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could, she, she, yes, she seems to continue to have second thoughts about her, <laughs> her part in all this. Uh, well, she's a weak model, but in the end. She'll carry out her mission. She'll carry out her mission. And, um, and then... And then... And then... And then? We get a scene with Starbuck and Sam. Oh, right, they, right. They fucking full on like hook him up like a hybrid, put yeah. him in the tub yeah. of goo, plug him in, and, and he's like, running his. They 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 run the Matrix screensaver for him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch the the bit where he's plugged in earlier in the episode and he's like just rambling like a hybrid and he's like, "There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza, yes. dear Liza." <laughs> yes. So that actually is one of uh, one of today's uh, unanswered questions. Uh, is there a parallel between Andrew's recitation of a real world, real world folk song, There's a Hole in My Bucket, and the use of the real world song All Along the Watchtower? Now, I don't think that there's a correlation at all between those two specifics, but I think it's, it's fair to say that, yes, there is a, a, a parallel between them choosing things yeah. from our reality. Yeah, they are. that's not the only time no, we've, we've gotten some Shakespeare and... I'd like I'm to pretty think. sure Tommy Boy is quoted at one point. One of the hybrids quotes from InSync's first album. And there's <laughs> another time. I don't think these, yeah, any of these are true. We hear them and they um, recite the recipe for. Um, yeah, go ahead, say it. Uh, Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, the okay, watermelon sure. ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are the best ones. Yeah. Oh, New command. I think it's <laughs> five tablespoons of sugar. I think it's interesting when, when the one just reads Lorem Ipsum in its entirety. Like that's, that's a weird one. Um, do, do you think I got that, that? I got that. Do, do you think that this newfound uh, connection with with Hera and her, her second thoughts, uh, Boomer's second thoughts about the idea of uh, Cavill and Simon experimenting on Hera? Do you think that'll that'll finally push her over the edge to to defect for real? We we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I don't think uh, I I I don't think they're going to revisit this. I don't think there's going to be time. <laughs> we're done. We're done with the whole kid thing. Yeah, the whole reproduction. Kid plot line. Who this cares? Is, so that's where we're leaving it. Um, yeah, I really am. I'm. I'm. If anything is going to, my guess is that it would be this, but we'll see. Okay. So I don't know if you, you caught, but there was some uh, some original series raiders present at the colony. Oh, there were. Uh, so I missed that. The the conjecture here is: uh, does that mean? Does that indicate that there are original model Cylons present at the colony? We know that when the Cylons, when the Centurions first were at war forty some odd years ago with the the colonies, they looked like. What anyone who was familiar with the original Galactica series would would think of when they think of Cylon, a very similar model, and then they fucked off for forty years and they came back looking felt with <laughs> hips for days <laughs> and some that looked like us now. Uh, but are any of the original models still around? I think if there's original Raiders, it's safe to assume. Although the original Raiders weren't uh, living organisms, right? They were just ships. I think so. I think I don't I, know the answer to that. I think I think that's I probably true because I'm pretty sure in the original lore the the um centurions were all mechanical anyway. 
Yeah, I and think. They, they reported to Count Baltar. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really need to go back and force myself to watch that, that show. And uh, Maybe after the, sometime after the finale, not right after, because I think we're all going to take a little break. But yes. it'd be fun to do just like a, maybe we pop back in for a handful of, like watch a few episodes and then yeah. talk about you're, it. You're going to have to recast me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there, there was a, uh, there was a tie, I think, in the original. Yeah, there was. Uh, do you think the eights consider all of the five to be parents, or do you think they just think of Saul as as their father? I just realized I've she... been thinking of it as er- Ellen and Ty as the parents, as the parents, mm-hmm. and then the other three as like. Uncles and aunts. Well, no, I mean, yeah, huh? That's interesting because, yeah, I have been thinking of, and they kind of set it up that way. The way Ellen talks about yeah. Cavill as this like unruly child and all of that, then that mm-hmm. means that the rest of the, yeah, huh? That it goes mom and dad, yeah, and then uncle, uncle Anders, Galen. uncle Galen, and aunt, uh, aunt Tori, aunt Tori, and then the rest of them are all cousins. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of how I... Because huh. Cavill refers to them all as mom and dad. But it always <laughs> right. it always seems like there's a capital in mom and dad when they're referring to yeah. Saul yeah. and Ellen. And it's more just like a generic lowercase non-proper noun title when mm-hmm. referring to the others. And the way that that eight says, you know, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to meet my father before I die. I like that, yeah. that scene. Like yeah. she, she, she doesn't says, say like one of. Yeah. Yeah. One of my fathers or one of the five or anything yeah. like that. Just meet my father. Do you think the colony is the five's original ship? Or like, you know, maybe was was built off of it? Oh, it could be. That that would make sense. Yeah, huh. Interesting. I like the idea that it started out as like a smaller whatever ship they escaped on and then they just kept building out and building out mm-hmm. like uh what's that house in uh the winchester house is that the one yes yeah, the winchester yeah, Mystery yeah, house, exactly right? that's fun yeah it's like the winchester house of spaceships i like that stairs that go nowhere yes i love stairways to nowhere <laughs> you do we've we talked about that a lot on our other podcast <laughs> left of the dial that's true so <clears throat> the architecture podcast my favorite place in, I was going to say on the planet, and then I started to say in the United States, and I think both of those things are probably true, is a staircase to nowhere. Hmm. Uh, one thing that I will point out is uh, when Boomer does finally jump to uh, the colony, we see her uh, emerge from you know, the FTL jump next to a gas giant that looks suspiciously like Jupiter, but uh, was apparently definitively stated to not be so we don't know it was jupiter's twin planet poopiter <laughs> yeah. i hate you but i like, hate you so much you know you know where poopiter came from uh, uranus thank you oh god damn it <laughs> uh, i can't be mad because it's actually making me laugh i hate it i like if i'd had half a second to think about it i wouldn't i wouldn't have said it you know what i mean but it just yeah uh, so, <laughs> Andrew, this is this is the last time that I'm going to get to ask you this. Well, it's true. What? 
What, oh. do, what do you what do you think what do you going think into next? the finale? What, what do you what do you how do you think this is gonna to tie up? Hey, oh. I don't. <laughs> I I genuinely don't know, and I don't know. I think I thought by this point I would know what I want to happen, right? Like what. I hope they're setting us up for. And I, I really don't know. I would love for there to be some reveal that there's more Cylon stuff. Like like I said, the idea of I really want to be right about Starbuck, that she wasn't a Cylon but became a Cylon. Um, I want to be proven right about whatever timey stuff is happening, that it's a little more than just what we know so far just that because of time travel and blah 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 um sure that you know time passed more quickly for whatever um or more slowly whatever i still it doesn't matter you could tell me and i would forget again so it doesn't matter um but be, beyond that like i'm really ready for anything okay what a ride what a ride it, when, and we're not go on, going please. to but we theoretically could end this call and I could go watch the finale right now. Like I could have seen so all of the Battlestar before bedtime. I think, well, it's two and a half hours. So bedtime might come before the end of my, I, I have, I, I have to think you just weren't listening to the words I just said. <laughs> In theory, I could stay up for two and a half hours and watch the finale and then go to bed. But that's past bedtime. You don't, it's a weeknight. It's a school night. I'm 35 um, or 40 years old. <laughs> I do not need this. Uh, so one thing I do I do want to just call out is um, we're not entirely sure how many episodes of this podcast oh, right. we have left. Uh, and the reason for that is the, uh, the finale uh, originally aired in one big chunk, a two and a half hour episode, mm-hmm. and then was later split into three episodes for, um, uh, for, for syndication or whatever. We are going to watch the finale in its uh, entirety, as Ronald D. Moore intended, and then we're going to record a a single session of episode. Caleb, did you freeze, or are you just very still? I'm just very still. Oh, he I done froze. Have, mm-hmm. I did freeze. Damn, he'll come back. Wild. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna record it in one single session. And then we'll see how many episodes we get out of that. It just depends on how long we go. So it yeah. could be could be one. It could be two. It could be three. It could be five. We don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. So yeah, it is unlikely that next week, well, one way or the other, next week will not be our last episode. Whether next week is the last time we recap an episode or not, we'll be checking back in to, you know, in the same way that we began the series. Um with a, I guess not a recap, but a pre-cap. We're going to end the series with a recap and a sort of tie-in. And Caleb's gone. How do we end the episode? We can't. We just have to keep talking. Oh, no. Oh, Lord. He did tell us he'd turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, and that's what happened. Oh, oh he's ah! back. He's back. Hey. So, listeners... We want to thank you for joining us on this. Uh, don't do this it. No, crazy don't do it. We'll adventure. just say no. Just we'll say I can't. Save um, it for next one. You can't. You can't do this to me, Caleb. No. We, you know we 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 got to take some time. We're gonna we're gonna strip the podcast down to uh, for parts. <laughs> we're gonna transfer my flag to uh, to the Cylon podcast, and uh, we will see you 
next week to at least kick off the finale of the 2004 Battlestar Galactica sci-fi original series. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. But we'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.